Hey everyone, welcome to the Trail Life Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Stoner, and this is our season three premiere episode. And, you know, the, one of the things that I always talk about on this podcast through other conversations is the running community and how important it is to what I do on this podcast and what we do with the brand Endurance Race Series. And so I felt it would be the best way to start off our season three by bringing in somebody who is truly connecting the San Diego running community. She has started a couple different run companies that only that provide guidance run tours and also provide information is where she, you can find run clubs, events, both as a local and as a tourist. So there's a really cool story behind everything. Um, and I can't wait to, to chat with her. So let's just get right into it with my next guest, Iman Wilkerson. Well, help me turn the turning. Well, help me get it right. How are you? I'm great. How are you? So this is actually the first time that we're having a chance to meet, which is really crazy. We've we've chatted via email many times over and talked to you on the phone once or twice, but never had a chance to really meet and get some background on one another. It's, it's kind of cool. Like uh, This is why I do this podcast is I love being able to connect to people this way. So thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I want to get into it uh, with background. Like I, Like, again, I don't know really much about your background. I did see that you came here from Chicago, which is awesome because I'm a, I'm a native Illinois guy. Okay. Yeah. So I, I always love being able to talk to people that lived in the Midwest for a little bit, but uh, you're not from there originally. You're, you're from uh, Carolina. Is that right? I am. I'm from North Carolina originally. Um, originally from North Carolina. I've lived a few places. Um, I moved to New York to go to school, um, New York City. So I lived there for about 12 years. And that's where running really took off for me, but not immediately, but eventually. Um, And then I lived in Chicago for two winters. That's how I documented the time there. Um, And and I was like, I'm not living through a third winter. So I booked it um, uh, November of 2015. And uh, 2016 is when I eventually made my way um, out to the West Coast. And so that was five years ago. Wow. Yeah. I, I totally understand getting out of Chicago winters. It's brutal. And the time that I, if I read correctly, the time you were there was during the quote unquote polar vortex. (laughs) So it's cold enough in Chicago when it's just regular winter, but when the, when it's really whipping through there, I, I couldn't imagine how, how cold it was trying to train. for. That was my last time I trained for a marathon and it, it's funny because like I've run seven marathons and I guess we'll get into my running, but I've run seven marathons and there was within four years. And there was a point where I was just like, that's all I, I knew. Uh, that's, I thought my life was just going into the direction of I'm going to be that person who's going to run like 20, 30 marathons in their lifetime. And it was that winter. My first winter just took it all out of me. And winters in New York are very cold for sure, but it's the lakefront effect is like, is no joke. Oh, and it's the wind terrible. hits you all directions and uh, the snow and running on the treadmill versus running outside. It, and then, um, and then 2014, I ran, um, it was the Boston marathon and that was the last, that was my last marathon. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Chicago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ruin it for everybody. Great. <laughs> it's why the, it's, it's why there's so many more runners in Chicago during the summertime and the springtime than there is like, n- nobody really wants to do any running outside in Chicago during it's the wintertime. Right? It's, it's terrible. It's a different breed. Like you Midwesterners are um, a different breed. I remember when I was like working in an office and um, the coworkers were like, oh, well, it's time to put on to start padding up. And I was like, I'm sorry, like, is that uh, you're wearing another coat? They're like, no, it means you 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 eat more and you just you gain yeah. weight. Like, uh-huh. oh, that's that's yeah. a thing. so. Oh, um, that's that's the only thing. That's that's uh, you know, growing up there and and 
living my high school and college years there, it's like, okay, that's totally a thing. And you have to, and you got to lose all that weight when you get to the summertime. And it's just, which is why so many people run in the winter, in the summer. So know, right? it's, it's the cycle that I realized I wasn't really built for. And uh, I thrive um, in the, in either four proper four season environments or just sunny, give me sun all the time. I'm, I'm That's better. why you're in San Diego now. I guess, so. <laughs> so the, so you mentioned that you started running a little bit later. So did you not, did you not start running like when you were a kid or in high school or so I've, I've always been athletic. Like I, um, you know, I grew up in a very small town, which meant like, um, I, we had a lot of space, um, to run around in quite literally. And I played basketball. Um, I eventually, I did run track in high school. I ran the 400 and four by four. So now I have to say, like, if you do look me up and if you see any mom Wilkerson who ran the 400 and four by four and did like these amazing things and may have gone to maybe UNC or that's not me. That's actually not me. So <laughs> <laughs> There's another Yvonne Wilkerson who has also run the 404 by four. I don't want to be, I don't want to. Um, That's why you can't trust everything you read on the internet. No, right? I trust everything. <laughs> that exists. She's a real person, but that person's not me. Uh, but I did run the 404 by four. My, um, I never wanted to really run, want to run long distances. Like it just was never, it just was, it hurt. Like if you asked me to run a mile, it was like, asking me to run a marathon. It just, I just suffered through it. I didn't really know how to pace. I just knew how to run. And the 400 was just perfect. You know, it's, it's very strategic. You still have to pace yourself along each quarter of a lap. Um, but it's a different type of speed work. Like I'm not really a 200 meter runner. Like you have mm. to be fast, like right off, the, right out of the blocks. But it was when I was in college, I didn't want to gain the freshman 15. And, um, I just kind of kept running for just, just for the sake of it. And I had, um, a boyfriend at the time who asked me to run with him around a three mile lake in Raleigh, North Carolina. And, um, I'm not a morning runner and I don't run three miles, but you know, because I was dating this guy, I was like, okay, sure. And I yeah. suffered through it. It was very hard. Um, I hated it. I was the back always. And they're, you know, having to catch up with them. Um, but I felt like I could do better if it was on my own pace. So mm -hmm. I did go back to the lake just to see if I could. And I kept going back just to see if I could like continue to run without stopping. And I remember the first time I ran the full distance without stopping, I ran it in like 30 minutes. I didn't even, I, I just kind of, <laughs> it must've been 30 minutes. And I called my mom. I was like, I just ran three miles. Like, <laughs> it was like 10 minutes. Of my, I was just like so excited. And I, you know, um, and from there, I didn't really, I didn't know that was a 5k. And then I didn't really do anything with it, but I was just like, I know I can do the distance. And then it wasn't until when I moved to New York many years later, that probably like almost like eight years later, I ran into somebody in a networking event. And that was my butterfly effect, honestly. Like if I didn't meet her, it would have changed the trajectory of my life, honestly. So um, I don't even know her name. She was just really meant to tell me about this race up in the Bronx. It's like in Van Cortland Park. And that's where like Prefontaine, like it's known where like Prefontaine has run. It's a cross country course. And in the middle of the week during the summer, there are these like summer series and it's a 5k. You just show up, pay $5. There's no real prize. You like, if you place, then maybe you win some carrot cake by a local bakery or something like that. It's <laughs> very local. And yeah. I was, the way she was describing it, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll show up tomorrow. And I did. Um, and it sucked. It was hard. And I was like, you know what? I think I can do better. And so then the next day I went on meetup.com. I looked for a nearby run club and there was one that was close by. That's again, that's just the trajectory. That's where everything began because then I met my community of people. I met all kinds of runners and we didn't, if we, if it weren't for running, then there's no way we really would have intersected in life because we have different interests, but it's the, the common denominator is running. And so you, everyone's suffering together. Everyone's in, you know, similar clothes. It's not about what you're wearing. It's just getting out there. And, um, and then when we're talking and running, we're like, Oh, so what'd you do last weekend? Oh, I just ran the Philly marathon. It's like, Oh, and this other person's like, Oh yeah, I ran that a few years ago. I'm like, you all are running marathons. I thought that was for, <laughs> I thought that was for Olympians. Like I literally just thought that was for Olympians. And so I'm like, 
it, it, and then it planted the seed. It's like, well, these people who I'm running with on the regular, I'm running at the same pace. Like if I'm running at that same pace and they can go the distance, I wonder if I can go the distance as well. So my friends are looking very aspirational to me, but also very attainable. And it was just baby steps. It was like, I then ran my first race. I think it was like 2008 or 2009 like uh, in Central Park. Okay. And then I decided in 2008 that I wanted to run the 2010 New York City Marathon. And I didn't want to jump into it. But I wanted to like gradually get there by running different distances to see what yeah. that would be like. But as I'm hearing how everybody is approaching this marathon or half marathon lifestyle, I was like, you know, it's kind of, it's, it, it's better than maybe what I was doing or maybe that's the next transition because it's something different to talk about. It's, it gives you the confidence to do things physically as well as mentally. It, it, it was a, it was, yeah, it was aspirational in a way where it had nothing to do with material objects or attaining things, if that makes sense. Yep. So did, uh, see New York city marathon was your very first marathon there. Now that's a Boston qualifier. So I mean, was that kind of one of those things that you you were looking at as far as as you were talking to some of these people? And because Boston always comes up in a lot of these conversations like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing this race because I want to qualify for Boston. Now, I'm sure that that's not your first thought when it comes to it. Um, so how does how does New York City Marathon transition into you finally doing the Boston Marathon? Right. Yeah, that's a great question. So like anything new that you're getting into, like, so say you're getting into sailing and somebody was like, oh, we're going to go for the such and such cup, you know, and like that doesn't really register to you. You don't really understand the importance of it because you mm. have no background or history. So it's just like these words are coming at you like tempo and pace and yeah. um, BQing. And those just like, I'm sorry, what are you saying? Give someone, give me a vocabulary book. Um, and 20, 2010, my friend, we went to Montreal to run. It was my first international race. And we went to Montreal. Um, it was like two of my buddies. I ran uh, the half marathon. He was the only one running the marathon. And he'd be cute. And his excitement, his level of excitement was just such that like, I understood this was a big deal and mm. people were, were like, they were excited for him, but I didn't really understand until that year when I then ran the marathon because I understood what the distance and the pacing and okay, well, what is this Boston marathon thing? Oh, is that what it means to qualify for it? Oh. And then this is my <laughs> time. So my first, I think my marathon time was like, 346 or 347 or something like that. And then, and I didn't really train. Like I knew I had to do long runs and I was just kind of like running whenever. And then I was like, oh, I know I can run this. Like I, the, whatever the minimum pace is, like I know I can do it. And this is 2010. So a lot of the pacing has definitely changed um, right. since, but yeah. So by the second marathon, I like, um, I signed up like maybe for the Vermont marathon three days later after I've forgotten the pain. Um, <laughs> and then and I was like, I truly believe I can run an eight minute mile uh, for 26 miles. I think that's what it was um, because I can run faster than that for a half marathon or just regularly. So, and then that was my, my goal was to be cute for my second marathon. So that was Burlington, Vermont. And I've run, like I said, I've run seven. So I think I've BQ'd five times, five, yeah, five of the seven. Um, and my first Boston <laughs> was 2012. And um and that was most unique because it was, it was 91 degrees that day and oh. it was kind of cloud in the sky. And it was, it was just terrible. It was just, a, it was a death march. It was absolutely terrible. Yeah. Um, so of course I wasn't trying to be cute for that one. And I had no intentions of running it again. So then 2013, I was there to cheer folks on, but 2013 was also very iconic in, in what, what was going on with the bombing. And so then uh, out of solidarity, I wanted to run it again with with the community because mm. it's, it's the strength of others to want to um, persevere out of such tragedy. And that was my last one was Boston 2014. And honestly, like if I never run another marathon again, I'm okay with that because the experience of running through Boston was uh, after um, that year or of that year was just like 
well, I will never forget that experience. Um, it was, it was not, it's not about the miles. It's about the community and the people who yeah. come in support. And afterwards, when I was walking through with my Mylar blanket and my medal, this woman, I don't even know her. She just sees me and she looks at me and she just embraces me and says, thank uh, you. And I was like, this was enough. Like just being here and being able to go separate through a Chicago winter was enough for me to show the community that I stand in support. That's exactly what it's all about right there, you know, and it's people coming together and, and sharing a common you know, thing right? just like that. It's, it's amazing. I, I would have loved to have been out there in Boston during that time. Cause I heard a lot of great stories kind of like that, but so you get done with Boston. Is that, you made that decision. Okay. We're, I'm done with Chicago. So 2014 into 15 is when you moved out here to San Diego. Is that right? I did. Yeah. So, so you move out here. What's the, as far as move, cause moving out here, um, is really tough from a, from a job perspective. So are you in the mentality of entrepreneurship already? You're like, okay, I've got these ideas. I want to see how they, you know, maybe, maybe there's something in Chicago that you've started. Do you want to see if it kind of emulates here in San Diego? How does, how does that transition uh, start for you as far as getting into San Diego and getting into the running community here. Right. Yeah. So in New York, my background was uh, in fashion. So I worked in production and product development. Um, uh, I worked for American Eagle and their design offices. Um, so when I moved to Chicago, there was really, uh, there's no fashion there. So I transitioned into business and pro- business development through procurement um, and being a buyer for Chicago public schools. The reason that I'll tell people that I moved here is because it it legitimately made me happy. Um, And I think that in pursuit of anything that you want to do, it should start from like, how does it make you feel? Um, If you feel apathetic towards it, then that's also not really a good reason to go for anything. If you, if it doesn't give you any good feels, but it seems reasonable, that's also not a great, like if you're excited about things, (laughs) then I think that, um, then that's a good reason to explore that curiosity of what else is there for you. So I knew what unhappiness was like when I lived in Chicago for a myriad of reasons Um, and moving to just visiting San Diego was like an idea of what my life could be like. And so I came here to visit a friend after exploring LA for a month. I to say LA is a great city. Oh, oh come on. <laughs> I, I love LA, I do. Like I've gotten to love LA over time, especially as I've been working um, with the rundown and expanding in yeah. LA. However, I mean, um, there. I've, I've, I've lived in large cities before and, um, and, and let me, let me just clarify LA, anybody who's listening to LA, it's, it's more for me, the traffic. I don't want oh. to deal with <laughs> And yeah. San Diego. San Diego has gotten close to that, but my, my opinion for LA is like eh, traffic. So that's why I say that. So LA, uh, listeners, sorry. <laughs> yes. So traffic is a real thing. Um, I, it's for me. It's like okay. Do you want to deal with traffic, or if it's like in the subway, it's like you're under the ground. Oh, uh, exactly. Or, so pick your poison. But I didn't want. Again, I'm choosing happiness. So um, San Diego for so many reasons, and I came here to visit with the intentions of like five days, and then my friend was like. No, you might want to stay here for like seven to 10 days. I was like, what does San Diego have here other than like SeaWorld and beaches? Like, uh, <laughs> so she lived in North Park and I didn't really know. I didn't do a ton of research, but like at the time, like Tiger Tiger was there. I'm really big into beer. Um, and uh, so a lot of people were telling me, like, if you're when you're in San Diego, go to Tiger Tiger and go to a few of these other places. Turned out she lived just a few blocks away from Tiger Tiger. So my first night, like I got I, I went there for like a beer and some food and I took it all. In and I was like, yeah, this is I, I feel this vibe like this is dope. And then the next morning I walked around and I was like, I, I, I feel this. And then we a few days later, a few days later, we went on a run in the neighborhood. We ran by Milestone Running Store. I remember Julie came out setting up for a run club and she's like, hey, we're having a run club. Do you guys want to come through? And then my friend was like, no, but next week. And she turns to me. She's like, you'll be here next week. We're, we'll go next week. I was like, whatever. <laughs> later that week, we went to on a trail run hike through Torrey Pines. And I was like, this is it. I want to yep. be within proximity to this kind of beauty. 
I will make it happen. Like I, I want this, this is, this is needed to be in my life. So I ended up staying in San Diego for two months to try to figure out like what my life would be like and what could I do? So entrepreneurship was not on the forefront. It was just like, how can I, can I be a procurement buyer here? Is there a fashion element that I can probably work in here? So eventually I found a job, uh, working in a startup, um, startup it, that was like not the best environment but it was a lot it was a learning environment so it only lasted like my time there was only six months but it was enough for me to understand a lot of things that I would need for now um and and so then when that opportunity ended I was like all right I'm in my favorite city what do I do next and so kind of created a list like what do you want to do here if you could do anything, what would you want to do here? I was like, I love beer. Let's like work in the brewery industry. I'm like, okay, well, what do you want to do? Like, I don't know. Like, um, I don't know. Sourcing? Like, I don't know. So it's the, the, you know, when you put the intention out there and then you kind of make an effort to go towards that intention, things just align for you in the, in the most perfect ways. And for me, it was like, there was a, a job fair at Ailesmith and I just happened to meet someone who worked at Ailesmith and I reached out to them to give more input. And then she gave me really great advice and then set me up with the right opportunity to meet the right person. And then I got a job and they created this job for me based off of my experiences and what I've done in the past. So I had the perfect job created for me at the best, one of the best breweries in the world. And I get to geek out about beer and it was awesome. <laughs> um, but then I later realized like, you know what, hospitality and um, that industry is not my dream life, actually. It doesn't give me that happiness that like I feel when I am in San Diego. So um, 2018 was when I made another decision. I was like, all right, again, we're back here. You're in your favorite city. What do you want to do here? And I was like running. All right. Well, what around running? Like, what do you, do you want to be a coach? Do you want to have your own running clothing line, a running store? I'm like, no, all these things already exist. I don't want that. So I was, have you ever heard of like Ikigai? And Ikigai is, it's a Japanese word. I'm probably butchering it. Um, but it's kind of like raisin d'etre in French, like your reason to be. Okay. And through your Ikigai you understand how it's like a Venn diagram, like of what your passions are, what your skill level is, how you can probably monetize that, make money. And then there's probably like another Venn diagram, like a circle somewhere that mm -hmm. you kind of like piece together. But you look at like, what are you good at? What are your skill levels? What makes you happy? And how do you combine that? And I didn't know that's what that was called, but I realized I was just organically doing that. Right. And I really love giving people experiences. I love giving people a good time or sharing information. I love trying things and being able to um, share that with others. I love running. I love cheering people on, but I can't be a professional cheerleader for runners. Like that's, that's, that's not a thing. <laughs> no. Not even if I wanted to make anything. I don't think I can make money off of no, that. No, so, probably not. <laughs> so I, I it was kind of like um, trying to push these things together. And what I realized in the past, what I had considered when I was in Chicago was. Uh, a lot of people would reach out to me and they would ask me to pace them on a run, um, show them around the city and give them advice on what to do. And I was like, I had that idea when I was in Chicago. I never pursued it. I always thought like, hey, why don't I take this to hotels? Because I know that there are other runners who come to Chicago. They just go up and down the lakefront. They don't really know anything else. Why don't I pursue that here? And then that's where Step by Step Run came from. And, um, and that's where Pace Partners came from. And that's where, you know, me wanting to offer these experiences to runners who came to San Diego because it's such a great city. It's a great city for runners and for all kinds of activity. But if you don't know what you don't know, then you keep continuing to go down the same like um, touristy waterfront, harbor front, yeah, which is exactly. fine. But it's, it doesn't really give you a good sense of like what it's like to be a local. And also for, for women, you know, if you're, if you're unfamiliar with an environment, then you are less likely to do the things that you actually want to do because out right. of safety. Yep. Um, so there's an opportunity there um, to offer um, kind of safety and guided assistance for, for women who want to do the things that um, they can do comfortably. So um, I started 
step-by-step -step run where we provide guided runs for people who visit San Diego um, through experiences. So we did, we offered, I say offered, like, and so it's past tense, but a lot of things have changed since then. So I haven't really pursued it. It still exists. Uh, so like a sunset clips on sunset at a sunset. Um, or a donut run tour, a brewery run tour, or if you just, again, if you just want to go for a run and you want to be paced, then you can hire a pace partner. So we started, I started with that and I started to approach hotels with this service. And I had through, I learned a lot through that like moment where I would go hit the streets, all the hotels downtown in the gas lamp district. And they were like, oh yeah, I, I don't know what to tell runners when they come to the front desk. Like they understand there's a, there's an opportunity. There is a problem. I have the solution, but they didn't want to pursue it. And well, I, I would assume that they're probably in the same mentality of as the Chicago hotels, right? Like, well, the Harbor is right here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like the I don't beach, need the beaches, the, the beach is a, a mile away. Like right. they'll just go down there. Just right? go down, Just, I just tell them go there and just do that. That should be satisfactory. No, no, it's not like I'm trying to, tell you, it's not. <laughs> but yes, it's like, why, why else would we need to do any more than that? But it's funny through the, the nose or the, yeah, let's say the nose because the, the no action is still a no. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to do a direct to consumer. I'm just going to create an app. I don't know mm -hmm. what that means. Uh, technology. I don't have a tech background. I don't know how to create an app, but I'm going to create an app so that runners can be able to find how like places to run. And uh, so by the end of 2018, I started like creating this like wireframe and I started reaching out to people that I knew who could probably help me. And then um, through some trial and error, I'll say, um, mostly error, <laughs> I was like, you know what, hands in the air. I'm going to figure this out myself. Because the thing is, is like what I realized what I was doing, I was, I was starting a startup. And it's never been my intention to start a startup, especially having experienced a startup before. It's frustrating. It's hard. Yeah. Um, trying to get people to do the most for little is like, what, what's in it for them? So you're not going to get the quality of work that you could probably get if you actually paid someone. So if someone doesn't have that passion, then I'm going to have to try to figure out how to literally do this myself. Around this time, I met my co-founder and my advisor and then my co-founder. And so then for about a year, we worked together and trying to build what eventually became the rundown. So I had a moment of clarity beginning of 20. 20, yeah, January, 2020, I was trying to figure out like how to optimize um, my social media experience through step-by-step -step run. And I was starting to want to connect other runners to communities through my run club. So I, I started a run club on Thursdays um, through Epic Brewing. Um, so it's a beer run. Um, and we partnered with Lululemon. So what I was, what I realized that those who came on Thursdays probably didn't go to the Wednesday or Monday night, Tuesday night runs. These were like brand new runners. But now that they're getting the confidence to run, they're like, well, where, what other run clubs are there out there? I was like, you don't know? You don't know about Milestone? You don't know about, you know, um, the the Tuesday waterfront run that's just like up the way? Like, let me introduce you. So I started creating this challenge of like, go to Milestone on Monday, go to um, the Tuesday waterfront on Tuesday, go to Milestone again on Wednesday, go to Thursday you know, like see if you can hit them all up or whatever. And then I was like, well, how can I like better connect runners in the community? Because there's so much going on that people don't know. And then I was like, I, I just want to give them the rundown of things. It's the rundown. Ah! I was like, it's not social media. This is the app. Like the app is the rundown. Like I, I should be hitting it from the community aspect and not from a traveler's aspect. That's how it started. It's like, how do you better connect community first? And from there, I just had a download of information at 1.30 in the morning, and I knew exactly where to take this. I had to wait until the next day to tell my co-founder, then my then co-founder, what, what this, this pivot was going to look like. Mm -hmm. And then fortunately, he was in agreement. And then I was like, let's go. And, it, and then from there, it's just been a really fun ride. So you mentioned 2020 is when the rundown idea came to be right so you're now trying to connect 
and I, I'm doing this because I, I, I want to hear from an entrepreneur standpoint, like we go hit the pandemic in March. What's the challenge of trying to now connect these run clubs that cannot run, cannot meet? Like how, what's the process now for you trying to navigate that scenario? Yeah, that was, that was a really great period, very challenging period because it was like, oh, we can't really fully be who we want to be. Like we mm. can't really use the calendar aspect of the rundown yet, but we have to somehow continue to connect people um, to community and community never left during the pandemic. It was just like, Hey, uh, before the pandemic. So we launched in uh, March of, I'm sorry, February of 2020. And then a few weeks later, like everything was just like, so we were like, uh, get together and connect. And then soon we're like, don't get together and (laughs) uh, continue running. Um, So we, we would continue to like hype people up through our social media, letting, like showing that people were still out there doing the thing. We did a lot of challenges that year. Mm-hmm. Um, to keep people engaged and focused. Um, again, it was not our intention to be in a, like a challenge generator, but it's like, how do we keep the conversation going? How do we get people interested? Yeah. I mean, there was still a lot of like challenge fatigue. I remember the first two months, everybody oh, was like, oh, God, yes. Right? Yeah. yeah, challenge, uh, challenge, challenge. And all of a sudden you try and do it later in the year and everybody's like, no, no, thank no, you. I'm done. Like I'm done with yeah. the virtual stuff, but we, yeah. we really want it to be interesting. So then by the time 2021 came around, that's when some clubs would, would come around the trail community was a, a lot more relaxed um, about running or coming back together. Mm-hmm. So that was a good way for us to like slowly roll into things or start to bring things together. So 2021, um, we were working with Lou Lemon and Balboa Park. We put on Rediscover Balboa Park. It was a, a self-guided audio run tour through the app. And so we uh, enlisted a lot of the run club leaders who used to meet or who at the time when they couldn't, um, they would meet at Balboa Park. And so we asked them to provide voices to some of the the clues and um, some facts about Balboa Park. And that was a lot of fun. It was like a three mile route. um, And through Lululemon, we were able to raffle off prizes every week. So that was a good idea. It was a good way for us to still continue to connect community and for people to share their experiences and what they mm-hmm. what they found interesting through through this this project this month long challenge, and what I I actually didn't think it was going to be that successful just because it's like Balboa Park is one of the most like everyone runs Balboa Park and yeah. people could not possibly find this interesting but it's a challenge because they didn't really know the route they had mm-hmm. to like listen and pay attention so that was like. Um, it was, it was about being a creative person, being a creator, creating something for the community so that they can enjoy. And I think that when you're serving community, it's, it's not self-serving. It's about, mm. it's, it's outside of yourself. It's like, what can you do to help the community thrive, continue to thrive? And during this, the time of the pandemic, I think that was what's also really important is just like how to keep that conversation going because mentally, you know, running helps people mentally as well, physically as well as mentally, but having to, to come up with things during that time was, was a lot of fun, but um, very new. And I'm kind of glad we're not in that space now because I mean, there's so many challenges. There's so many things that you could possibly do. There is. Yeah. What, um, so for anybody who's, listening in on this who has not heard of the rundown what are you guys what's what's the rundown provide the run community right now as it stands so we are a web-based app we're a web-based app where you can find all things running related in san diego and la so and it's crowdsourced by local runners you can find community through our calendar section and see what Run clubs are are going on every day, just about every day um, in the week. You can find uh, local coaches who coaches or physical therapists who provide um, videos for breathing exercises, yoga, um, stretching. We have a map section for runners to find um, kinds of different kinds of routes, so it allows you to explore um, LA or San Diego. It's and it's filtered in certain sections. So it's like, well, 
you know, neighborhoods that are well lit. Um, so if you're really concerned about running in the dark, then here's cool. some, some places that you can consider some trails, some uh, tracks, speed workouts. Um, and again, this is all sourced through from like local runners. Um, so this isn't just generated by one person's opinion. Um, and then we also have a shop and eat section um, that provides you with businesses that um, supports your lifestyle as a runner. So um, there are often questions about where can I find like a physical therapist or a coach or a chiropractor? You can find this in that section of the app. So it's really to help provide your lifestyle as a runner with some sort of as a resource yeah and i mean which is awesome because it's it's hard to before this it was really hard to find a lot of those you know resources to like hey i need a i need a chiropractor i need you know i need a coach i need i, I want to find you know a trail or a, a good route that i can do in the dark whatever it is i mean it's so hard to find that stuff and it yes you can go to facebook and find some groups and stuff but that's a lot of research a lot of work it's diving, diving into it yeah it's like a full-time job just trying to find something to to go ahead and do so it's cool that you guys have created this aspect for both san diego and la communities now i can't i don't really have a huge connection with the la community I would love to, and I'd love to move my some of my business directed towards that. Maybe do a trail race in LA area somewhere. But um, so I don't at this point, I don't have a lot of connection to LA. So I, let me just speak on San Diego. I'd love to hear your thoughts about how the San Diego community has how has that really affected your life, right? And how has what have you seen from the community that because I think San Diego's trail run, uh, trail running community, but San Diego running community is so much better than some of the other communities that I've had the experience to be in, and that's that's including all over the, the country, right? So I'd love to just hear your your take on how the community has helped you and the rundown get through like the pandemic and and how it's helped you progress into what it is now. That's a good question. So every city has a different run culture. Mm -hmm. Um, So I fell in love with running in mostly in Brooklyn, like in New York city. um, It's different. Like the vibe is just there. Like the energy, you can feel the energy when you step off the plane. And it's just basically like, you know, when people talk about frequencies and dialing into, it's like, which frequency do you want to dial into? And when you're dialed into the running community's frequency, then you just, you're tapped in. You just know. So this is before uh, Instagram. And so uh, it, you know, you just are either it's like Tumblr or, or just a website you're going to. Um, but a lot of things were word of mouth. And so I always knew it was going on and Chicago is a little bit smaller of a community. So I also kind of knew what was going on, but when I moved out to, when I moved out to San Diego, what I was surprised with is that like community is obviously there you go to mission bay on a weekend or any time of the day there are runners there's always there are always people but you may not know what's going on like the because everything is so spread out the vibe the freak the the energy is not so it's not easy for you to tap into i would say probably the trail running community is a little bit it's a tighter knit community so you always know what's going on there's a lot of overlap there one of the opportunities that i saw that was missing was being able to connect these communities. Um, During the pandemic, um, what I noticed was like, in the absence of some of the traditional running communities that were led every week, so like San Diego Track Club, Milestone, Fleet Feet, um, they have been running for like years. And in the absence, in their absence, a lot of these new run clubs would pop up um, because there is a need for it. So you've got crackheads, uh, the crackhead run crew in Carlsbad. That was new. The PB run club. Like why wasn't there already a P like a Pacific beach run club before the pandemic? I don't understand <laughs> what, like, uh, but yeah, so that's a new one. The Santa Mujeres uh, run club. So there are these new run clubs that are popping up because they know that they were noticing that one, like we, like if you talk to Mike Adame, like, you know, he'll say like my community needed it, you know? And so he stepped forward. There are people who stepped forward and that's what I love. And then through that, there, there are now these um, collaborations. So run clubs will run with each other. And yeah. I think that a lot of them will attribute the rundown for that, you know? So I think that's one of the things that I'm really grateful for 
being able to step forward in the pursuit of this is because it's allowing other people to one um, find the confidence to be able to start their own thing to also reach out to see what's out there and then go to these run clubs, make friends with these run leaders and then collaborate and then be bigger, you know, and then, and come up with something that again, didn't exist before the pandemic. And so this continues that connection, connect community. There's without community, there's no connection or you can't have community without a kind of connection. You can create, you can try to create something, but it's like, what is your intention? And there's this like, there's purity with like the intention that is not about you. It is about what is needed for everybody else. And then really pushing forward through that. And then that's what I really love seeing. Um, That's what has helped me understand what's needed to want to pursue. Cause there, there are times when I'm just like, I don't, I don't know if this is working. There's no qualitative way for me to understand like if this is actually um, making an impact on people, unless I actually run into somebody, yeah, which happened the other day, and they were like, oh, "Are you for the rundown?" You <laughs> like, I, I use it, like, thank you, and I was just like, "Yo, that was amazing!" Like, this makes me—it's not about me; it's about what they're gaining from it, yeah, and how they meet other people. Because the pandemic has been a lot; of, it's been really hard on a lot of people, and if you've never experienced mental anguish before the pandemic. Um, personally, I have. And so I think that it hasn't hit me as hard as other people just because I have the tools to know how to, it, I mean, it still has in other ways, but not as badly as maybe other people can. But through running, I found my kind of happiness. I was not in a happy place before I found my running community. And I think that um, there, it's it's not just a, it's not just about running. It's not just about putting in the miles. It's about like how can you find people who make you feel whole and seen and centered and excited to want to go back and see them again and again and meet up in regular clothes, you know, and talk about things. So I think um, the rundown has changed my life. Even though I can't see the impact for other people, I know it's there, and I have to believe in that, and I have to just continue to keep pushing forward. No, that's, that's great to hear. And I, I, what makes the running community, and whether we're talking about San Diego or LA or Colorado or Chicago, it doesn't really matter. Like what I, I think is great about the running communities altogether is you could be any age, any demographic, and it's all inclusive, right? You don't, I was, and I, I was thinking about this uh, earlier. Like I, I was at a, a high school um, career day function yesterday and I had some students asking me about, you know, running races and is it all like, oh, it's, it must be all like college age, high school age kids that are doing these races. And when I told them, like, like my highest demographic or my two highest demographics are the 30 to 40 year olds and then follow that pretty equally by the 20 to 30 and the 40 to 50 like to see that on their faces to be like, Oh my God, really? Like I didn't, I wouldn't have thought. And I was like, well, yeah, a lot of, a lot of runners get into running later in life. Right. And it's, and it's quite interesting to know that those runners, even though they might not have been runners, you know, in growing up or in high school or whatever, like I was never really a runner, you know, and unless it was running up and down a basketball court or a football field, was never really a runner until I actually moved to Colorado in 2001 and started doing some trail running and got even into more of it as I moved here to San Diego. So it's kind of one of those things. That's why I love the the running community so much is it is all inclusive and you can be, you know, I had a 70 year old, uh, 70, was he 78 year old who uh, age groups uh, on Saturday at our last race and like to see the smile on her face. And so it's really cool to, to see that experience with all different walks of life, right? In our community. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to be said about that. Like uh, it, as adults, one, it's, it's hard to make friends in general. And so mm. when you can find uh, something that allows you to get together and then find friends, be friends with other people outside of um, work or church or whatever. But also we don't often have the opportunity to challenge ourselves for, with goals as adults outside of, again, like 
hitting KPIs for at work and these, um, these goals that are going to amount to your, your bonus, whatever, like things that really push us as adults. And so one, I tell women all the time, like when I learned, when I was, when I was, when I was like 27 or 28, I learned that in 10 years, I'm going to be like my peak, my best at, in long distance running, like women get faster or, or better runners, better athletes in their mid to late thirties and into the forties. If they, if, it, if they have like a really good, if they set a good foundation for themselves. So your life doesn't end in your twenties. You're not going no, down not. the hill <laughs> when you're in your, um, when, by the time you're in your thirties. And I have met so many amazing individuals who one, you have no idea how old they are when you see them because it's like, you know, they're, Oh, I'm 60. I'm like, you're 60. You look yeah. like you're in your forties. Like, you yeah. know, um, so the, I think there's a lot to be said about like the fountain of youth through running, but you have to stay, you have to stay active, you know, and, and having and seeing people who are in the older age groups still going after it. And, you know, there isn't a lot in life, especially in that, in that age group where when you do things, you get an award for it. And it's not like, <laughs> yeah. for it. like you really work for it and yeah. you have to be proud of yourself at every step. And even though you do slow down, you get a little bit slower and you're not as muscular, but you're still stepping up. You're still, pers- you're, you're getting out there. And I, that's what I love about runners. It's, it's not, it's never going to be easy. It's, it will always be some kind of challenge, but that's why we do it. We don't do it because it's easy to cross the finish line and feel good about something because it's easy. I feel like it's like, you know, was, it doesn't feel as good. as like really putting in the work, knowing what it's like to have to dig deep, um, dis- almost despair, but like mm. not so much where you're, it's taking over by despair, but like you persevered. And it's what I love about distance running or just runners in general. I did hook to coast, uh, this year in like the end of August. And, um, I was part of the Lululemon team and we he had two different teams and I had no idea who these individuals were. And one woman who's like, she's a track star, track athlete. She only, she only does like 400 meters, maybe a mile. She had her first leg was like seven miles. She's like, y'all I've never run farther than I'm a couch of 5k. Well, you can do this. She's like, I don't know. She kept trying to barter and try to trade her leg. And we're like, you got this, you got this. She of course did it. I mean, you're always stronger than you think you are. That's like one of the mantras I, I want to lend out to people to realize, to let it settle in. Like you're always stronger than you think you are. And that goes on for however old you'll, you'll be when you continue, if you continue to do this. So don't ever, don't ever quit. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the, the rundown app, is it, I, I know beforehand it was kind of limited to the amount of users. Are you guys open up to like oh, yeah. as, as many, right? Like it's, many. there's no limitation on the, on the app. I right think now, right? we might've branded it as being like the scarcity sort of like, Oh, we have certain amount of, but for rightfully so it's like, we just want to be able to make sure we can manage things. But right now it's a web-based app still it's um, you would, have to go to our website, the rundown.run to obtain it. And um, we're not quite yet on the app store. Maybe that's my, my goal for next year is to mm-hmm. just let this be, let this live in the app store. So it's just a little bit easier to be able to just like put on your phone. Um, but once you put in your information, we'll send you a link and then you save it to your phone. So when you then, when you save it into your phone, then you're able to access it like an app. It, it shows up as a tile on your phone and then you create a profile, you set it to um, the location that you're in and, and then you then uncover the world of running through the rundown. Nice. Are you uh, looking to hopefully expand into different markets past San Diego and LA here in the near future? Or what's the, what's the trajectory of the rundown right now? Yeah. um, Growth is always there. Uh, It's, It's always in my forefront. This past summer, we had a really great opportunity with Lululemon to put on this project called Run the Coast. It was a challenge where we were in six cities along the 
California coastline, um, challenging runners to collect miles and collect trash. So that was a good way for me to just for a moment, see what that could look like. And then also how to manage different cities in, in unison. So, um, we were in San Francisco. So this, this hit San Francisco, Monterey, San Luis Obispo, Santa Barbara, LA, and San Diego. And seeing the rundown in different cities was just like my, it was just amazing. You know, I'm outside of Southern California also gets me thinking like, what if this were in Austin, Texas or Chicago, New York, of course, DC. So I would love for us to continue to like, let's be in San Francisco. There's a really great running community there. Great trail community in Marin County that, that, idea is to grow. Um, but now with growth, it's, it comes with like, you know, there's resources, there's mm-hmm. not, you know, yeah. investing grants, just, it's always about money, how to yeah. be able to do that. Life has been very fun for me recently. So I am open to like a lot of opportunities that can allow me to do such a thing. So 2022 should be just as fun and exciting. Well, that's sweet. So for any any L.A. or any San Diego listener, in the show notes, I'll put the website uh, down there so you can go check out the rundown.run. And uh, if you want to upload that onto your phone, just follow the link, just like Iman said, and I will make sure to put the social contacts as well so you can follow the rundown on social media and all the show notes. So I, I Really appreciate it, Amon, for joining me today and sharing your story and and what you are doing to better the community here in San Diego and LA. It's like I said, I it, the running community is the best, and I love it when I get a chance to talk to people that are doing their part to help better the community as it is. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you, and thank you for being a part of this community as well. Honestly, it's it's this this beautiful ecosystem. Of, of people who want to step forward and add their experiences and their love and their passion for it. So thank you as well. All right, that'll do it for another episode of the Trail Life Podcast. And what a way to start season three, a conversation about the running community and how important it is, how inclusive the sport can be. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And a, a special shout out to Ma Wilkerson for joining me today and to talk about that. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed her story, our conversation. And if you get a chance, uh, go check out the rundown.run uh, if you're in LA or San Diego areas to see where your running clubs are taking place, where the next events are coming up. It's a really great web-based application that you can check out. So um, anyway, thanks again, guys. I really appreciate you listening in and uh, I'll see you on the trails real soon. Music for the Trail Live podcast was provided by the Poor Dirty Astronauts with lyrics written by Matt Meyer. Matt Meyer.